Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. This message is a part of our series, Cultivate, where we are asking, what things can we cultivate in our lives during this COVID-19 season? Welcome to our ongoing series called Cultivate. My name is Linda Stover, and I'm one of the pastors here at Stony Plain Alliance Church. In this series, we've been looking at the ways that we can cultivate health for our souls so that we don't become toxic during this difficult time. We've looked at peace rather than anxiety, courage instead of fear, and gratitude rather than discontentment. Today, what we wanna look at is actually ripping out the weeds of indifference, the way that we can have lack of concern for other people. Now, today we're going to be looking at the scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. And I've invited Don and Melody Clements to read this for us. For me, they exemplify living out this passage. So let us hear the word of the Lord together. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hopes that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf, for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Now, when I think about speaking on compassion during this COVID time, one of the first things that pops into my mind is the fact that so many of us are stressed and tired and overwhelmed during this time. And I realized that that's where I make the very first mistake, that I make it about me. And really, this whole passage is not about me. It's not about us. Everything starts with and flows from God. It's about him and about his work through us. As we have our eyes on God, verse 3 tells us that God is the father of compassion, that he is the God of all comfort. Some translations say that he's the God of endless compassion, or that he is the very source of all comfort. 
through Jesus Christ, he meets us, he loves us, he cares for us, he comforts us. When we feel despair, he is there with us and for us in the midst of it. It starts with him and it doesn't end with us. Verse four tells us that we're comforted so that we can comfort others. You've heard us use the language of apprenticeship. When Jesus was here on earth, he called the disciples to follow him and that in this way they apprenticed with him, that they would be with him, spend time with him, that they would become more and more like him uh, as they spent time with him and that they would do the things that he did as they followed his example. And so we wanna follow his example now. To be with him, is to spend time with this God who offers such compassion and comfort to us. One of the things that I've been reflecting on is self-care. That is such a buzzword these days. And I'm not saying that it's not important. I recognize that this is part of healthy living and that counselors and psychologists are really recommending that we're um, proactive in self-care. But one of the things that I've been considering is that really it should be Christ's care. Because as we do the actions of self-care, as we take the rest that we need, as we do the things that are life-giving, as we prepare a beautiful meal to share with our family, as we engage in an activity that we love to do, as we're careful about our exercise and about getting enough sleep, all of those things are also ways in which Christ cares for us. That's actually part of how he shows his comfort and his compassion to us. And when we name it self-care, we end up thinking that it's all about us. And sometimes we forget to even give thanks to God in the midst of that. Another thing that we talk about in the midst of COVID is hoarding. Now, that may have been a little bit more at the beginning of this um, pandemic, but in this, we know that people were hoarding toilet paper. There was buying too, too much flour, flour that they might not even use in a year, but we, we need it just in case. And we can be guilty of this exact same practice of hoarding, even in our Christian lives, thinking that, well, I received a little something from God, but what if I don't have enough strength for tomorrow? What if I don't have enough patience to meet with that difficult person? Um, I'm going to hold on to this for all that I'm worth and not actually share it. And that's not how we wanna live. God gives us comfort so that we can comfort others. We need to remember that his mercies are fresh every morning, the way that it talks about in Lamentations 3, verses 22 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We can trust that God will have enough for us each day, that he has compassion on us. As we continue to spend time with Jesus and we submit to his ways, we can become more and more like him. As the Holy Spirit indwells within us, the transformative power of God changes the way that we think and the way that we act. One of the areas that we need to recognize is that we do not have control. If COVID teaches us anything, it's that we are not in control. We may have thought we were in control of our career, but then a pandemic made our job redundant. Or we may have thought we were in control of our finances, but then the stock market crashed. 
Or we may have thought we were in control of our health. We lived a healthy lifestyle. We were careful about what we eat. But a worldwide virus decides to enter into our lives and into our world. We hear from Paul in verse 9 one of the reasons that we suffer. Now, I'm not saying that this is the only reason, and suffering is a big topic, and it's not the entire focus of what I'm speaking about today. But one of the things he says in verse 9 is so that we will not rely on ourselves, but on God. These difficulties help to show us that we need God. In relationship with Christ, he meets us and he cares for us during these difficult days. Relationship with Jesus is available to everyone who will choose to believe, who will choose to accept, who is willing to humble themselves and just say, I need your help, Jesus. He is willing to meet with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. Now, as we do the things that Jesus did, the very first place that he started was by listening to God. It wasn't just about the actions that he took, but about coming to God, our Father, and saying, what is it that you want me to do? What are the actions that you actually want me to take? I really love the way that Dallas Willard talks about the fact that compassion is not an act that you choose to do or to not do. It's not like a water faucet that you turn on and turn off. It actually becomes who you are rather than just what you do. And so the overflow of who we are as we are with Jesus, as we become more like him, the overflow of that is that then, out of that, we will do the things that Jesus asks us to do. We'll have compassion for others, we'll care for others, we'll want to comfort others. Now, when I start talking about compassion, I recognize that some of you might need to be motivated to actually do something. But for others, there's this aspect of fatigue. Compassion fatigue can be a very real thing. We need to be careful that we're only taking on the burdens that God is asking us to take on. He's not asking us to save the world. He's not asking us to play God. He's God. He can save the world. But for us, our job is to do only the things that the Father asks of us. Now, there's a prayer that I've heard before. I think it's even a song that talks about God, break my heart for what breaks yours. And that can seem like a really risky prayer because it requires that we trust God that he's not going to break our heart too much, that he's not going to dump more on top of you than you can actually handle. He won't do that. He loves you. He knows what it is that he has for you. He has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for each day. He has an action that he's calling you into. He has a way of being that he wants to live out with you. Now, I can almost hear some of you saying, mostly because I said it in my own head, <laughs> what if we haven't received comfort? The verse says, if I've received comfort, then I'll pour it out for others, or, or when we receive comfort. But what if I haven't received it yet? Paul talks about that in verse 6. He says, if I'm distressed, it's for your comfort and your salvation. If I'm comforted, it's for your comfort. 
That might seem a bit convoluted, but basically, if I'm distressed, if I'm comforted, doesn't really matter. It's all about your comfort. Okay, so how does that actually work? I think one of the beautiful things is that as we're willing to even share our brokenness, when we might think that we haven't yet experienced the comfort, that in the very act of sharing, God's comfort might be in the courage that he gives us to share openly. And also, there's a mutual comfort that can happen. There's a connection that happens when you recognize that someone else is feeling the exact same thing that you have felt, or that they have gone through what you have gone through, that they understand. And in that is part of God's comfort for us. Now, in verse 8, Paul gives us an example of how we can actually name the distresses of our time. During this COVID period, lots of uh, counselors and psychologists are offering tips and, and ideas to help us with our mental health during this time. And one of the key tips is that we need to name our emotions and we need to name the things that are stressful for us because as we name them, they start to lose power. And as we name them, we can then address them. As Christians, we choose to address those things with God in prayer, but naming them is powerful. This is how Paul names it in verse eight. I was under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Another version says it like this. We felt like we had a death sentence written over our hearts and we still feel it to this day. Kind of sounds a little bit like COVID. It has taught us to lose all faith in ourselves and to place all of our trust in God. Now, some commentators describe the way that Paul was feeling as being basically on the edge of a breakdown that the load was just too heavy and that all of his natural human resources of energy and strength had come to their limit. And sometimes we can feel like that and that's okay. Even in the midst of that, in relationship with God and relationship with one another, God's comfort can meet us. Now, when we think about what we should be doing in the midst of compassion, sometimes we can feel overwhelmed. I know that for some people, and this is not everyone, but for some people, there's this sense of, I need to save the world, or at least a country, or maybe at least a village. <laughs> and so we don't even know where to start because we feel that we need to do big things for a big God. I love the quote that Mother Teresa has. When she was receiving the Nobel Peace Prize, they said to her, what should we do to achieve world peace? Her answer, was that you should go home and love your family. When we receive God's care and compassion and comfort, we're to pour that out to others. And it starts with the people who are closest to us. It starts with our family and with our friends, with the people we talk to on the phone and those we meet with on Zoom. You might not even feel like you have a relationship with your neighbor, but they live in close proximity to you. And care and compassion and God's love for them might be that you start with smiling to at your neighbor, saying hello, starting a conversation, and praying that God would give you opportunity to build relationship. It starts here. God might expand your boundaries, and if he calls you to that, that's fantastic. But it starts with the people who are closest to you. Now, in the midst of talking about compassion, sometimes we can get focused on the actions of compassion that we're supposed to do, 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 and do some more. 
And we can forget that prayer itself is actually an act of compassion. In verse 11, Paul says to us, as you help us with your prayers, there's this aspect that one of the ways in which we care for others, the other, one of the ways in which we show compassion is that we pray for one another. And there's an aspect of self-denial and sacrifice that comes with prayer. It requires that you would give up time, that you would give up energy, that you would actually focus your thoughts on someone other than yourself or your own problems. If you choose to meet with others in prayer, if you're praying in your life group, if you're joining us on a Thursday evening as we have online prayer together as a church, then you're actually having a humility of schedule in that you would make time for this important action to pray together. Now, even in the midst of prayer, we can start to think that it's about doing something. It's about all the words that we can say that really I must say the proper words or I need to say more words for it to make a difference. I just remind you that prayer, prayer is not just about words. Prayer is part of your relationship with God. We meet God, we ask questions, we sit in silence and listen. We sometimes uh, hold an emotion for someone and we bring that emotion before God. If you're a person that speaks to God in pictures and he speaks to you, it might be that you see that person in your mind and you bring them into the throne room of Jesus and place them in God's arms. It might be that you choose to worship, proclaiming the truths of that song over the person that you're praying for. There are so many ways in which we can pray, and these are acts of compassion as well. Now, as I think of the way in which all of these pieces swirl together, our own brokenness, uh, God's comfort, the comfort that we pour out to others, the compassion that we should have, and yet our whole life just keeps swirling, I want to share with you really briefly the story of my aunt and read to you something that she wrote and shared on Facebook this week. My aunt was diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer back before Christmas. She was going through COVID, or sorry, going through chemotherapy even as COVID started. It was difficult because there were times when she had to go to the ER and I recognize there's some of you out there who have experienced this yourself in your cancer journey. But for the rest of us, it just takes a bit of imagination to even think, what would it be like to enter into the hospital ER knowing that chemotherapy has wiped out your, your immune system and that there's a worldwide pandemic of the coronavirus that could take you down? She had her surgery in April. Uh, her breast was removed and there are ongoing difficulties and medical complications with that. She's entering into radiation and with the COVID protocols at her hospital, although her husband's willing to go with her and will definitely be driving her to the hospital, he's not allowed to enter the hospital and be with her. And so there's a loneliness to this time as well. So as she reflects, on faith, reflects on the scriptures, reflects on what it means to trust Jesus for healing when at the moment it doesn't seem that healing is happening. She wrote this, and I want to share this paragraph with you. In considering these issues, the recurring theme is that faith begins with a small seed in the individual, but it evolves from there. Somehow it turns into a story that is not about me, 
but a story about Jesus. And when I experience hesitancy and become aware of the doubts scattered throughout my faith experience, when I'm not sure if my prayers are even genuine, when I wonder if I'm doing my part, Jesus fills in those gaps and insufficiencies. He comes to where I am and he doesn't fire me when my actions don't seem to match the faith. He puts the picture into focus and restores the confidence that somehow all of this will make sense and we will get through this. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence and help me to continue to look to you for grace and sufficiency. And so as you continue to cultivate the garden of your soul, as you continue to live out your life and it becomes the story of Jesus, may you embrace peace instead of anxiety. May you have courage instead of fear. May you have a life that overflows with gratitude instead of discontentment. May you find that your heart is becoming more and more compassionate rather than indifferent to those around you. And so may you live today in recognition that your story is not your own, but that it is a story about Jesus. May you receive his comfort so that you can comfort others in the midst of their troubles. And together, may we live out the story of Jesus in our homes and in Stony Plain and in Spruce Grove and in the surrounding counties. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.